In today's Gospel reading, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. Let us stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend would go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who knocks... For everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. Our Lord Jesus was a man of prayer. And uh, oftentimes, he prayed alone. In the first chapter of Mark, at the end of the chapter, after Jesus had a long day of preaching, teaching, and healing, it's recorded that he went to sleep, and early the next morning... Jesus got up before dawn and went out somewhere to pray. And he was so isolated that the disciples had to go looking for him. He was a man of prayer. You have to wonder what did he pray about on that day. This is the first chapter of Mark. The ministry is just getting started. The Bible doesn't say what was in his prayers, but my guess is, my guess is it was about the ministry he was conducting. Today's reading, Jesus again goes to pray, and this time, he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's on his way to the cross, and he knows that he's on his way to the cross. And he goes and prays, and he prays alone. He doesn't say to the disciples, let's pray together. He goes and prays by himself, and the disciples wait for him. And when he comes back, one of the disciples says, Lord, teach us to pray. I see in that question, that request, Lord, what goes into a prayer? What are the parts of a prayer? Lord, what are the things that you say in prayer? And Jesus didn't give a lecture on prayer. You would expect that. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. You would expect a lecture. But instead, 
Jesus gave them a prayer. It's not exactly the prayer Jesus prayed because it has to do with forgiveness at one part. But Jesus said, when you pray, this is, this is the model. Now, the, the prayer we read today from Luke's Gospel, did you notice it's shorter than the, the, the version that we usually use? The, the version of the Lord's Prayer that we usually pray is from Matthew. It's from the Sermon on the Mount, and it's longer. This recording of the Lord's Prayer in Luke is, is shorter, but all the, all the parts are there. And Jesus said, this is the model. Now, the model breaks down into two parts. And the first part of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught has got to do with God. And Jesus, I think, is teaching, pray about the things that are on God's heart before you pray about the things that are on your heart. Let me say that again. Pray about the things that are on God's heart before you pray about the things that are on your heart. Now, what are the things that are on God's heart? Well, there are three things. Hallowed be thy name. This is the one part where the Lord's Prayer and the Ten Commandments intersect. Because, you know, in the Ten Commandments it says, you shall not use the name of the Lord your God in vain. One of the things that's on God's heart is that he be honored as his name is honored. How often do you hear God's name dishonored? How often do you hear the name of Christ dishonored? I'm offended by that all the time. You see a lot of people don't mind to dishonor God's name. Yet God is saying, this is on my heart. Honor me by honoring my name. We've said that the center to the teachings of Jesus is the kingdom of God. And so in the Lord's Prayer it says, thy kingdom come. In Matthew's version, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In Luke, it's just thy kingdom come. But when God's kingdom comes, then God's will is automatically done. So what's on God's heart is that his, his kingdom come among us. That's what God wants us to do. And God wants us to do his will. So Jesus said, pray about the things that are on God's heart before the things that are on your heart. And the second part, then, is about the things that are on our heart. Give us today our daily bread. In his small catechism, Martin Luther expanded daily bread to say it was food and clothing, home and family, daily work, and all we need from day to day. We didn't pray, don't make us rich. Give us enough for today. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Jesus said, Jesus said, you need to pray for forgiveness. A politician not too long ago said, I never asked God for forgiveness at all. I have news for that person. Jesus said, you need to ask for forgiveness. And the forgiveness you get is going to be the forgiveness that you get back. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For me, this is, this is a request to be saved from persecution. To be saved from testing and, and trials. We need that. Save us from the time of trial. I don't want to be tested. Save me from it. And if I am tested, I hope I, hope I pass the test. That's what Jesus taught in the Lord's Prayer. It would be instructive to, for each of us to think about our own prayer life and ask, does my prayer life conform to this model? In my prayer life, do I, do I pray about the things that are on God's heart before I pray about the things that are on my heart? Or do I go right to the meat and potatoes and tell God all the stuff I want? It's worth examining. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he gave them a model. Then, Jesus went on to tell a story about being a pest in prayer. That's okay. Being a pest in prayer. It's about a guy in the middle of the night, somebody, a guest comes, a friend comes to visit. Anybody ever had anybody come to your house at midnight and knock on the door and say, I'm here? If it happened to you, were you happy about it? <laughs> but there they are. And the responsibility then is to feed that person. But they're out of bread. So you go to your neighbor next door who is also your friend, and he's in bed, and his kids are in bed, and they're sleeping, and you want to ask him for three loaves of bread. And he said, get out of here. And you keep asking. And he gives in. And Jesus said, you have to be a pest in prayer. Don't quit in prayer. Keep doing it. I read somewhere about missionaries, somewhere or other, who worked in a certain place and prayed for 25 years that someone in that area become a Christian. 25 years. Wow. They were pests in prayer. And in God's own time, the prayer was answered. Then, then comes the most difficult part of this teaching. Jesus says, ask and search and knock. Now those are just three ways to understand what prayer is like. Ask and search and knock. But then, then there are promises attached. He said, ask and it will be given you. Search or seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. That's the promises. And then he doubles down on the promises. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. And the hard part of this is that for many of us, we've asked and searched and knocked. And nothing has happened. We've prayed and prayed and prayed and it seems like nothing has happened. The prayer hasn't been answered. We've been pests in prayer. And nothing has happened. Happened to you? You don't have to bob your head up and down, but I'm sure it has. And my guess is, 
My guess is those unanswered prayers and those unkept promises have made some people quit praying. Why pray if, if, if nothing comes of it? I want to tell you about one example that I've had of, of unanswered prayer like that. In 1963 or 1964, my sister Judy had a little baby named Brian. And uh, Brian, after a while, <clears throat> got sick. He got spinal meningitis. And it was a kind of an illness that could have been treated if it was caught in time. But in the hospital, they lost the test and didn't know what was wrong with him. And so by the time the test was retaken and Brian's illness was diagnosed, the damage had been done. And Brian suffered irreparable brain damage. This was a time when I was in the seminary. And I remember very clearly sitting in the seminary chapel every morning praying for Brian, little Brian, because, Lord, he's only a baby. And it's not his fault. And you can do this. And I asked, and I sought, and I knocked, and the door was closed. Um, Brian got so bad that my sister finally gave him to the state of New York. Gave up custody, gave him to the state of New York, and Brian was institutionalized. And he has spent most of his life in an institution. And he knows his name, but that's about all. I asked, and I saw it, and I knocked. And the promises weren't kept. St. Paul asked and sought and knocked. He had an illness. It was called his, his thorn in the flesh. Here's what he says. Therefore, from keeping me too elated, that being too excited about the gospel, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times, three times I appealed to the Lord about this. Three times I asked, three times I sought, three times I knocked that this would leave me. But he said to me, no. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You're going to say just the way you are. Now, I have no doubt that whatever afflicted St. Paul made his missionary work more difficult. And yet the answer was no. And so Paul wrote, So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, of my illnesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with hardships, 
with persecutions and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I, whenever I am weak, then I am strong. That's what came out of a no. Whenever I am weak, then I am strong. But the promises, as far as Paul was concerned, weren't kept. He asked, he sought, he knocked, and the door was closed. This is a mystery to me. It's a mystery. I share it with you. It's a mystery how the promise of Jesus to everyone who asks gets. Everyone who knocks the door is open. And that doesn't always happen. That's a, that's a mystery to me. And it's a mystery that confounds a lot of people. And so I want to share with you how I deal with this mystery. I brought along a, a tablecloth that my mother made. Isn't it lovely? But what's wrong with what I'm showing you? Hmm? Yeah, I'm showing you the bottom part. Now, you, you know that there is a, a design here somewhere, don't you? And um, you have an idea that there was a plan. You just can't see it. This is like life. For most of us, life is like this. It's like this, is this what do you call this stuff, embroidery? Oh, all right. it's because this is full of knots and strings and blurriness and it doesn't make a lot of sense. This, this is what life is like. You know there's something better but you just don't know what it is. This is the underside of life. This, this is what we see at life. But God, oh, God sees that. All the strings are gone. All the knots are gone. And it makes perfect sense. And that's how I deal with the mystery. If you think about the disciples of Jesus on Good Friday after they buried Jesus. That's what it looked like. It made no sense at all. It was clear because of the death of Jesus that God had been defeated and Jesus had been defeated. And they were defeated. And then on Easter Sunday morning, when he was risen, it all made sense. So I deal with the mystery, but I believe, I believe that one day all of these mysteries and all of these unanswered prayers, those mysteries will be answered. I believe that someday even Brian's condition 
will somehow make sense in the grand scheme of things. And so for now, I live with the mystery. And I accept the mystery. I don't have to know everything. We don't have to know everything. Because we know that there is someone who does know everything. And finally will keep his word. Does anybody recognize the name Nicky Gumbel? Nicky Gumbel. Nicky Gumbel is the leader of something that's called the Alpha Course. Anybody know the Alpha? Alpha is a course on the, the fundamentals of Christianity. It started in England. It's touched thousands and thousands of lives. It's 13 weeks of introduction to the Christian faith. Mostly young people, non-believing young people come to this and their lives are touched and transformed. The Alpha Course is so well known in England that it's advertised on the sides of buses. Can you imagine? And in one of the presentations for Alpha, Nicky Gumbel talks about prayer and the need for Christians to pray. And he tells us that he goes into his prayer room and he, he takes a cup of coffee and he takes a book. And he writes down all the people for whom he prays. And as there are healings or as there are blessings, he crosses them off. And he crosses off a lot. But there are some that never get crossed off. He asks, he seeks, he knocks, and for those cases, nothing happens. But he keeps on praying. And Nicky Gumbel says, If nobody in my book was healed, I would keep on praying. Because prayer is my job. And answering is God's job. And I'll leave it to God. So when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, pray in faith, pray in trust, pray in hope, because there is one who hears and answers in his own way. Amen.